Hello, once again, beautiful people, and uh, welcome to the second episode of the INDB Top 50 Marathon Podcast. Uh, I didn't quit after one week, but hey. Uh, Right, so you should know what's going on here by now. I'm going down the IMDB list to the 50 highest rated films of all time, giving a quick review of each one, and ending, I guess, sometime near Christmas. Uh, Right, so, second week along. One alleged 49th best film of all time, according to IMDb user reviews, which this week is Psycho, the infamous 1960 Hitchcock horror film with uh, Janet Lee and Anthony Perkins. It's another 8.5 here on IMDb, and more or less 100% on the other big review sites. Uh, Alright, so this was another first for me. I didn't really know what to expect other than some good old fashioned Hitchcock horror. But I think that lack of knowledge really uh, helped me enjoy the film more. So just a reminder that if you want to watch the film unspoiled and you haven't done so yet, uh, do so now because we're going to be going through the whole thing uh, with a pretty fine tooth comb. Uh, all right, so like always, I'll start off with a plot summary. Okay, so we open with Marion and she's spending some time with her boyfriend Sam. They want to marry each other, but they can't because Sam's still in a lot of debt to his ex-wife. So the next day, when she's at work at the real estate agents that she works for, uh, she's asked to deposit $40,000 in the bank for a client, but instead she just steals the money and drives across the state wanting to give the money to Sam. Uh, She eventually gets followed by a cop when he sees her sleeping in a car, and he also sees her quickly buy a new car to try and evade him because she's scared that he's onto her. And eventually there's a big storm. She outruns the cop, but she has to turn into this creepy-looking motel run by a guy called Norman Bates. And she and him have dinner together, and he explains that he lives here with his mentally ill mother. So that night, Marion gets in the shower, and we get that infamous scene everyone knows. Uh, A woman comes in and stabs her to death, and then leaves. Norman comes in, he's shocked at what his mother's just done. So he quickly puts her body and her belongings, including the money she stole, in her car and wheels the car into a nearby swamp. Uh, Our main character is now dead halfway into the film. Uh, So Marion's sister doesn't know what's happened to her. She's not answering her calls. Uh, She goes to Sam's workshop to look for her there, see if she's arrived, but obviously she hasn't. And at the same time, there's a PI hired by the real estate firm she works for. And he uses some clues to figure out uh, that Marion did indeed go to this motel. So he drives there himself, uh, goes into the house, searches, but he's stabbed to death at the top of the stairs by the same woman from before. Uh, And now Leela and Sam, Leela being Marion's sister, uh, now want to know what's happened to this PI. So they drive over to the motel as well. Um, And during this, the sheriff phones the pair and tells them, that Norman Bates' mother has been dead for 10 years. Whoa. Shock horror. So who was the person with the knife? Well, when Bates knows he's getting another visit, he carries his mother down to the fruit cellar to hide. Now, Leela and Sam arrive, and they get a room. They pose as a married couple, just normally. And uh, Leela sneaks into the house, see what's going on with Marion. But she hides in the fruit cellar when she hears Norman come back into the house. And she turns round the chair with Bates' mother in it. And da, 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 it's her corpse, now just a skeleton. Uh, and at the same time, 
The woman with the knife from earlier comes in to kill her, but Sam manages to come back and hold her back and grab the knife and reveal that the woman all the time was actually Bates, dressed as his mother. Norman Bates, dressed as his mother. Uh, and then we then cut to the police station where a psychiatrist is just explaining that Norman has schizophrenia and half the time was genuinely thinking he is his own mother. Um, and he was killing Marion because the mother side of him was jealous that Norman had found uh, a girl coming in that he was attracted to. So we end the film on Norman in the padded cell having an internal monologue as himself but in the voice of his mum in his head um, and then he gives this creepy smile to the camera uh, and then we see Marion's car being winched out the swamp and then the movie's over. So, again, my thoughts on this. Uh, I really liked it, yeah. Um, it's another film that uh, manages to achieve really what it was trying to do, plus a lot more, even 60-odd years on from its release. And one of the most important ways to achieve this, not just in this film, but in any kind of horror movie, is uh, through suspense, creating it, controlling it, something that Hitchcock's rightfully renowned for. Uh, and you can see why in a project like this. Uh, what's interesting to me is that Hitchcock manages to create and sustain tension in two ways. One of them being um, a payoff, showing us what we thought was going to happen. So like with the shower scene, as soon as the figure comes in, we know what's about to happen. And the other being a subversion of our expectations to keep the latent shock levels high. Um, and that means we get a great balance of dread and uncertainty, because... We see plenty of times in the film that mistakes get punished, and there's never an anti-climax, but we still have a level of uncertainty and caution when we're watching, and what would otherwise be a pretty you know, by-the-books horror movie, uh, exemplified best by the twist ending, which um, no one was expecting, but it still makes perfect sense in the context of the film, and it only increases our shock level by making us question our powers of perception. And that's what makes this stand out as a classic to me, really, because it toys with our powers of guesswork and perception. Um, there's no reason for us to anticipate that the protagonist will die halfway into the movie. There's no reason for us to assume that Norman Bates's mother has been dead this whole time before we get told by the sheriff. So as the film progresses, it's like we as an audience start questioning our own sanity and our uh, our own perceptions of the events that are going on as if we're really there with the characters kind of starting to lose our minds in the process and this game that the film plays with us goes hand in hand with uh, cinematography and editing naturally it's all about handpicking what we can and can't see even the choice to film it in black and white long after colour film became the norm um, it all puts what we're seeing under another level of illusion or ambiguity uh, take the shower scene again, for example. Scorsese, when he talks about this film, said every cut, and every new shot was like a weapon. And that really works because uh, in this scene we get so many rapid cuts determined to mask the healer's actual face and not even show the stab wounds themselves. And It all just feels like it's all deliberate. It's a movie toying with us and really wanting us to feel even more uh, lost but even away from the immediate, intense action, uh, the cinematography still manages to be really memorable. Like when we first see Marion 
driving away from her job, uh, we're really put in her shoes because of her internal monologue, and obviously we know her reasoning behind wanting to steal this money and move away. And the fact that we make direct eye contact with her, you can really see the fear in her eyes even before anything actually dangerous shows up. Um, but of course that's equally as down to the acting as it is the cinematography, um, which is expectedly another really strong point here. Obviously with Marion, uh, our main protagonist, but for me the standout performance hands down is Norman Bates. This is genuinely one of my favourite acting performances I think I've ever seen in a film. Uh, you can see Hitchcock's perfectionism shine through in how he delivers every line. Uh, he's awkward and nervous at heart. He stumbles over his words and at first he appears to be weird but non-threatening. Uh, but then, just like his split identity, we see the other side to him. And it's so uncharacteristic of him, it's perfectly understandable for us to assume it isn't him. Uh, but even when we see how good of a liar he is, and when the PI comes over to ask him questions, we can still tell it's him. He sounds uncomfortable and stutters every once in a while, but he switches on that charm that he needs to do, and um, he does what needs to be done. And that's a great way to create fear of a character in an audience, I think, just making him so unpredictable and ambiguous. Uh, the score, really impressive, yeah. Uh, plenty of strings. The importance of music in this is kind of downplayed. The dialogue is much more emphasised, but it's still present in things like the murder scenes. Obviously very sharp violin sounds that I guess uh, would be the reason for that being the norm for decades to come. Uh, I guess my one proper gripe with this film it wouldn't be on a technical level, it would be on a tonal level purely because I don't really, I feel a bit iffy about how it inadvertently vilifies people with mental health issues like schizophrenia. I feel like it is expected with a film of this age, but I still feel a bit uncomfortable with how the entire basis of his character's evil in this is that he has a split personality, uh, probably helping to spawn the whole stereotype that's existed for a long time of how you know all mentally unstable people who are a danger to society but that's probably my one and only genuine concern with this movie at least looking back at it from a modern perspective it's really impressive that this was filmed so well on such a small budget you know only eight hundred thousand dollars and adjusted for inflation at the box office it made nearly half a billion dollars and that's you know that's really good to see because this is a really good a solid entry-level Hitchcock film uh, and it's filled with all of his well a lot of his trademarks like sudden zooms into creepy looking things and showing a character being paranoid about the police and even like the inclusion of birds in a Norman's parlour room um, each character throughout interacts with each other in such like a unique way everyone has such great chemistry and the build up and release of tension is really good it's amazing the genre of horror is infamous for the fact that your film has to be expertly made in order for it to age well because a modern audience are so easily desensitized to this kind of thing these days but psycho uh, as the name would suggest is just as much about psychological horror as it is about physical violent horror um, we get plenty of death in the film but each moment of killing has such weight to it and there's no throwaway characters every person with screen time offers their own relevance to the plot 
so we really are horrified when Norman starts picking people off um, so yeah I would really recommend this to anyone looking to diversify the kind of horror films they watch uh, it's easy to follow and the characters are intelligent like they make smart decisions for themselves uh, they're responsible they're brave and they're rewarded for that very much in the end so anyway uh, what do I rate this movie out of 10 well I'll go for an 8 again uh, like everything that I've just said this movie really feels special and I always have a proper soft spot for old films that manage to stay exciting even with a limited budget and a completely different audience they're trying to cater for um, the film's available for a couple quid on Amazon to rent uh, even if you do decide to watch it now now that you know the plot uh, I think you'd still really enjoy it because it, it really pulls you in in a way that isn't really something I can copy or really explain uh, just here Controversially, um, after just giving a psycho an eight, uh, I want to do a little segment I like to call uh, Oliver's Retroactive Rating Refreshment. That's a jingle. Um, I kind of want to bring Casablanca down to a 7.5 because... Tonally, I enjoyed them just as much, but on a cinematic level, uh, I gotta give it to Psycho. Uh, and I wanna, I don't wanna give Psycho an 8.5, I wanna leave a lot of legroom at the top to give to the uh, movies that really, like, properly struck a chord with me. Anyway, that uh, brings us to the end of the episode today. Uh, thanks so much for listening and sticking around after that first episode. Um, next week it'll be uh, Once Upon a Time in the West the famous 1968 Spaghetti Western with uh, Charles Bronson so just like usual that'll be coming on the Friday around about the same time of day uh, anyway that's, uh, that's all from me I hope you've enjoyed yourself uh, have a great weekend stay safe, stay happy and hopefully I'll see you right back here next week on the IMDB Top 50 Marathon Podcast